Success in the New Retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. This is the Success in the New Retirement podcast with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. It's all powered by Acute Wealth Advisors. And if you hear anything on this show, you need some clarity on 480-680-6868. Now, let's get to the show. Damon Roberts, Matt Deaton, how y'all doing this weekend? Doing pretty good. You know, it's a good time to be uh, a Suns fan. Um, D-backs are getting started and uh, you know, it looks like they're they're doing okay. So maybe we've got a, a better horizon this year. Um, and then we just don't think about the Cardinals. You, know? <laughs> well, you don't have to this time of the year. So I got to throw a shout out to my wife. She should be uh, climbing out of the Grand Canyon right now. They were doing with a group of people, they were doing the rim to rim. So nice. I'm going to try to go down, leave it like went six in the morning and try to get out of there by, you know, one or two in the afternoon. So we'll see if she she makes it out of there. <laughs> well, she's there. Why are you not there, Matt? <laughs> hey, you know, I got I got a radio show to do. You know? <laughs> oh, what a shame, honey. I'm sorry. I got to do the show this weekend. I'll catch up next time. Success in the new retirement.com. If you want to put faces to the voices that you hear this weekend. And speaking of this weekend, the Masters got a lot of golf fans glued to the TV. Rain or shine, they'll get it in. And, you know, I was reading all the quirky traditions that I absolutely love about Augusta National. And I thought about you guys because Augusta National, the membership, it's unknown the exact number, but it's rumored to be around 300 like you can't buy your way in you got to be invited to join you can't even play you know unless you know one of the few select members and so that made me start thinking about acute wealth advisors and if i want to become and i want to become a client of acute wealth advisors how do i know that i'm not just going to be another number this is actually a question we get uh, quite a bit and as i was visiting with a few new clients that question came up every time you know and, and being the founder doing this for the past 22 years what i what i've tried to do and, and what matt and i have i think successfully accomplished is being able to be an expert when it comes to retirement. We know you can't be everything to everyone. And so we're not trying to, sorry for all of you who really want to come in and see us who are under 50, but we're not trying to, to be everything to everyone. And, and, and we're not really even looking at clients like that for the most part, unless you're looking to retire earlier. Why are we doing that? Why are we being exclusive, if you will? It's not so much that we're being exclusive. It's just that our programs and everything that we've built from tax planning to estate planning to financial planning and income planning is designed around the stage of life that comes 10 or so, 10 or 15 years before retirement, helps you move into retirement, then helps you stay retired. So our focus should be and is different than anyone in their 30s and 40s should be looking for because the stage of life is different and we understand it. And we understand that you're going to have Social Security and that might make up 30 to 60 percent of your monthly nut. And so that's an asset that we need to understand how to utilize and get the very most out of. We also understand that most of the rest of your stuff that you've saved is likely in 401ks and IRAs and that's never been taxed. And so we need to understand how do we turn that you know, mountain of, of money into a steady stream of income that they can plan on for the rest of their life that they're not going to run out of. And by the way, how are we going to get that out of there at the lowest possible tax rate, depending on your situation? 
Because if we can save money in taxes, then then we're going to be able to put those dollars back in the pocket of our clients. So you're looking at that. And then you've got people, some people that have pensions, a lot don't anymore, but some do. And they want to understand, should they be taking a lump sum? Because they're worried about the longevity of their company or that pension and all of the, the news we see with pensions uh, defaulting. Or should they, you know, how do they maximize that, that asset? Mm-hmm. All of these different things, you know, if they want to pass money on, what about long-term care? You know, with Medicare, what's the best way to take that? And what do they need to understand so they don't just get hassled by salesman after salesman after salesman when it comes to that? So we have built a team and a, and a platform that is is all-encompassing around retirement. We feel like we understand that stage of life really well. So a lot of people are coming in, not so much that they're so unhappy with someone else, but they come to realize I am at a different stage of my life and I need something different. And that's where I think we differentiate ourselves from just your average financial advisor out there. I mean, we try to give that personal touch with the clients that we work with. I I tell this story. I I mean, one of the big questions that people will ask me when they come in and they meet and they say, "Okay, we want to become clients. But what does that mean? What how often will we see you? I said, it's up to you how often you want to see us. We want to see you once a year. We want to do a review. But I have some clients that meet more often. And I tell the story about this one client that we went through, kind of laid out the financial plan that we were suggesting, the changes and the adjustments we'd make. And she said, okay, I'm, I'm on board, but I just have to warn you that I currently meet with my financial advisor once a month. Ooh. And I said, wow. I said, why? And she's like, well, I, I check up on him. I make sure he's doing what he's supposed to. And I said, you know, that's pretty often. And she said, are you willing to commit to that? I said, look, I said, I'm, I'm fine with meeting with you as much as you want, but I'm willing to bet that as you get to know us, our processes, the way that we communicate, the way that we do things, that you're not going to have that need to, to come into the office and to, to do that review on a monthly basis. And so she said, okay, great. So again, she became a client, we moved things over. And so in our processes, we sent out a monthly newsletter. We sent a quarterly update video that kind of gives an update on our portfolio and our outlook on the market. We try to be in front of our clients and give them lots of information. And so we started these monthly meetings and then it went to three months and then it went to six months. And I mean, there during COVID and stuff like that, I mean, again, there was no panic in her needing to meet all the time. Mm-hmm. And now it's an annual review. And, and sometimes that's even just a phone call because she is like, I don't need to come in and babysit you. I know you guys are doing what you're supposed to. I know you're managing my funds and the communication I get answers all my questions. And so we believe that our job is we can have a lot of clients, but we need to be able to communicate to them and and keep them up to date. And then when they want to meet, we need to be available. And that's what we strive to do. And that's how we've we've built our practice. You know, I got the feeling that she would call you up and say, uh, Matt, I noticed you took an hour and a half lunch break. So why did you take the tracker out of your car, Matt? <laughs> listen, you take the trash out. Why'd you take the tracker out? 480-680-6868. Where are you and your journey towards retirement? How can they help get you there? It begins with a consultation. It's no cost, no obligation to you to take advantage of the Morningstar portfolio analysis. So if you've saved 250000 or more for your retirement through a 401k, a savings a pension. Let's sit down with Damon. Let's sit down with Matt. Let's customize a plan or take a look at your plan. Again, no cost or obligation to you. 480-680-6868. Always online. Success in the new retirement.com. Damon, I want to go back to something you mentioned there a couple of minutes ago about social security because we've been told that it may become insolvent between 2033 and 2035. Now CNN is reporting that the window is moving up and it may happen as early as 2032 unless Congress intervenes. 
Well, then we'll see what they do. But with so many people counting on Social Security benefits as part of their retirement income, Damon, what can we do now to help fill that hole? Well, you know, this is a, a great question. And as I mentioned, for most people that, that Social Security can make up 30 to 60 percent of their, their monthly income needs. And, and so that's a, a big deal. And let me just kind of hopefully set people at ease a little bit. Um, the fixes that need to happen in order to make that solvent again are not huge. And I believe that will happen because the largest voting pool out there are people close to Social Security. Um, and it's well, not to mention, to if they don't fix Social Security, I mean, there's <laughs> Which, so many people that rely on it. So mm-hmm. if you don't fix Social Security, where do those people go to get income and to survive? They're going to have to go to the welfare system. So again, it doesn't solve any issues that the government might have. So bottom line is they're going to be motivated to get a solution in place because it's pretty nice to be able to tax using FICA tax instead of having that be an income tax. That's much more popular to for people to have to pay that than to you know raise in, uh, income tax because now you have a bunch of people on welfare and needing uh, help in, in that way. But you know, having said that, so that people don't panic and freak out, one of the most expensive things about Social Security is cost of living adjustments. And what we found in, in doing this for a long time is that those cost of living adjustments, while they've been good the last two years, typically are not great and don't keep up with inflation. And so what you have to understand is I've got to build the rest of my plan around Social Security, which I'm not going to have too much control over. I can vote and I can do those things. But the other parts I do, I have control over how I get taxed on my money, how that money grows and making sure that I have a plan in place that's going to allow that bucket of money to to put more in as time goes on to make up for the deficiency that's likely going to come through one way or another through Social Security, either in some insolvency uh, or through just cost of living, not being able to keep up with with what it's really going to take me to live. If you plan that way and the rest of your plan is is bolstered and built to be able to to do that, to provide that additional income and to make up for inflation then you can be okay. And so you need to understand that and build a plan around it so that, that you always have enough money to last as long as you do, which is ten, you know, continues to be the number one concern of people uh, in retirement. This weekend back in 1974, Hammer and Hank hit home run number 715, breaking Babe Ruth's record. So hold on, Mark. Right. Do you think he's still the home run champ? 100%. Okay. All right. Look, I'm a Braves fan. Born and raised in Atlanta, worked for the Braves for 16 years. He is yeah, the but let, let's just say that you're not a Braves fan. Do you think the Barry Bonds asterisk should should eliminate him from being the, the home run champ? Hank Aaron is the home run king. All no, right. If I, agree with you. I, I agree met him with you. once or twice, and even at his, you know, as he was getting up there in age, he went to shake my hand, and his hand was like a catcher's mitt. Like, it was so just strong. I've shaken your hand, Mark. Yeah. That's not very impressive. Oh, well, thanks, man. I mean, I'm just, I, I've, oh, I, man, you <laughs> take that. Take that. <laughs> My takeaway was that Hank Aaron kept calling me Mike. And I'm like, it's Mark, but that's cool. You're the home run king. You can call me whatever you Wait, want. Wait, who was it we met that uh, Damon Metz, who was it that signed the ball? You were trying to get a ball signed for your, your son, Sam, and he signed it. Stan. <laughs> Stan. <laughs> he did. That's right. Yeah, who was that? Uh, was it Daryl Strawberry? I thought maybe it was Steve Garvey. I can't remember who it was, but it anyways. Was funny. Stan, I'm like, what am I doing with this? Stan. No, was it at the Dodgers game? Wasn't it? Was it uh, Magic Johnson? Oh, yeah. It, it was, was Magic, Magic Johnson. Johnson. Magic Johnson signed we, a baseball. Yeah, because he's an owner of the Dodgers, and we were, you know, there. And, and he signed it. He signed Stan. It Stan. <laughs> 
We appreciate listening to Success in the New Retirement with Mike Deaton and Damon Roberts. So, <laughs> you know, I bring up Hank Aaron's 715 home run ball. That ball, when it was hit, was only worth $2 when it was thrown. But with that swing, it immediately became worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. And Damon, Matt, you know, value stocks are kind of like Hank Aaron's home run ball. At first, not really worth much, but it paid off big in the end. So do you suggest that clients and investors, they look at value stocks as a good opportunity or is there just too much risk behind it? Well, a value stock, again, if, you, if you're going to rate things, again, your, your hyper growth stocks, your brand new companies, they're going to have more risk. Then you lead into your growth, your tech companies, they're going to have some less risk than those, but still more risk. And so value stocks are somewhere between kind of your bonds and some of your growth stocks. And so there's been this kind of pivot over the past, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, growth stocks have been the place to be. But that definitely can shift. I mean, a value stock usually is paying a dividend. You know, they usually have more steady growth. They usually, you know, are have more consistency. There's not so many ups and downs. So, again, there is a purpose for having those inside of a portfolio. But I think that the bigger question that it leads to is, do you have some strategies in place of how you're diversifying, especially in these times? So, to, just to give you an example, Damon and I, the way that we built our practice is we have some portfolios that are designed where people can kind of choose their risk level. So you could pick something that's 100% stock. You could pick something that was you know 60% stock and 40% bonds. But then we go the next step because if you've paid attention this last year, one of the big headlines was like the 60-40 portfolio last year had its worst year ever. And the reason for that is bonds went down as much or more than the stock market last year. So what was supposed to be your safe part of your portfolio actually got hit pretty hard. Uh, you know, your 20 year treasuries, for example, were down 31% last year. So, so this is a, a government backed bond that's supposed to pay an interest rate that's guaranteed by the US government and somehow went down 31%. And that, that was a pretty big shock to the market. And so again, you could have said, hey, I wanna have 60% stock and 40% bonds, but is there a time where even that allocation doesn't make sense? And that's where Damon and I say we take the next step to our portfolio. So when our clients pick and choose the risk level they want, they'll say, look, Matt, if the market's great, if things are all good, we want to have a, you know, a 60-40 blend. But we understand that your tactical strategy can adjust that. And so what our tactical strategy does is we have multiple indicators. We have multiple signals that we're looking at that will tell us when we want to be risk on or risk off. It will tell us if we want to have more bonds or less bonds, if we want to have long-term bonds or short-term bonds, if we want to have less stock or more stock. So, you know, for example, you know, in the month of December, you know, that was a pretty volatile time. At that point, our portfolio was positioned where we were shifted away from the stock market. We were, we had hardly anything exposed to what the market was doing. In the, the month of December, the stock market ended down, you know, almost 6%. Mm. And I think most of our clients for that month were, were positive for that month. And so, again, it was a tactical strategy. If we had just said, let's just put that 60-40 and let's just ride the wave, that would have been a pretty crummy month. But instead, we have that strategy in place that can say, hey, right now, it doesn't make sense to even have anywhere close to 60% in stock. And we don't want to be in long-term bonds. We want to be in short-term bonds. So let's reposition the portfolio in this way. And so... What we have strived to do with that is is the goal is let's get good growth, but also let's figure out some ways that we can be defensive when the market's going down. Because, you know, in our college workshops, we'll put this up on the board and we'll say, you know, hey, everybody, you know, if, if your account goes down by 30 percent and it goes up by 30 percent, 
are you going to be back to even? And a lot of the class are like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, no, you're actually not. You actually have to have a 43% return to overcome a 30% drop. So those bonds I was talking about, those 20-year treasuries, for them to get back to where they were, they drop 31%, they're going to need a 45% return just to get back to break even. So what if we had shifted the portfolio? What if you had sold some of that stuff and didn't absorb that huge loss? Well, voila, now you don't have to have this crazy return just to get back to even. You actually can get back what you lost and then you can grow and be and be adding to your portfolio wealth. And so, you know, diversification is important, but it also needs to be coupled with a strategy that literally will say, hey, there's times where we don't want any of this stuff. We don't want to pick between growth or value or any of those stocks. We want to be completely pushed away from the table and not even be exposed to the stock market. And what are the strategies that we could possibly use during that interim time to shelter the money, to be able to protect the money so that when the stock market kind of hits a bottom, when everything's low, we can go in with a bigger pile of money and buy up some of those things that are on sale and ride that wave up. And, and that's what we strive to do with our tactical strategy. 480-680-6868. Success in the new retirement.com. Reach out to the team. Take advantage of that complimentary Morningstar portfolio analysis. Let them take a look at your strategies and make adjustments as needed. Damon, continue to tell me about the power of diversification within a retirement portfolio. You know, when, when it comes to retirement, and, and this is our, our focus and has been for a long time, uh, those preparing for retirement and, and moving into retirement, I've never yet met somebody who wants to have their portfolio, wants to, number one, look at it every day and all the time, and that when they do go in to look at, at it, wants to ride a Six Flags roller coaster, right? They, they want steady income. They understand that, that their portfolios need to last an undetermined amount of time. And so diversification among different asset classes and styles of company across regions um, with, you know, all of those things are important to have different uh, bonds and and stocks and, you know, and then different vehicles that you're using also is part of that diversification along with tax diversification. So we all know we shouldn't put all our in one basket, but are you tax diversified? Have you created some money that is is going to grow tax deferred? Yes, you probably have in your 401ks and IRAs, but do you have some Roth IRAs that are growing tax free? How much should you be contributing to your Roth IRA right now? Do you know the answer to that question? If you don't, why don't you know the answer to that question? Why is your advisor not talking to you about that? Should you do some Roth conversions? A lot of seniors have been misled to believe that they're too old to do any Roth conversions. Matt and I totally disagree, right? In Within the right plan, some Roth conversions could mean that you get a lot of those dollars out of your IRA and 401k at lesser tax rates than you might later on when you have to take required minimum distributions or when you start taking income from that. So tax diversification is an important piece of that puzzle. And then having some of your dollars that are designed for growth, like you were talking about those value growths. Well, what part of your portfolio is designed for use later and that you're trying to capture what the market does best and that's grow. But what part of your portfolio is designed for income and for safety to protect you from years like 2022? Because this does happen, and is it going to continue in 2023? What are the things in place? And if you don't know the answers to those questions or how your, your money is being managed to be able to withstand and diminish the downside in years like this while still capturing enough of the upside to keep that, that Six Flags roller coaster at bay and to be riding the lazy river in 
retirement so you can get on and off and take income when you want to, to do the things you want to do. And that's where diversification and understanding how to diversify for this stage of your life is different because it's diversifying for a 35 and 40 year old is way different than diversifying for someone close to retirement. And that's where Matt and I have spent the time to understand and be experts in this area and to shine. Damon, we mentioned it at the beginning of the show. Your average client, the listener that you're talking to this weekend, who do you want to call you? Who, who are you looking to reach out to this weekend? I'm looking for Susan Myers. <laughs> <laughs> now we're looking for, you know, your people that are 50, 55 and older. Um, whether you're retired, great. Give us a call. I'm, I think we can improve upon what you've already done. If you're close to retirement, great. Come and, and, and bring us in. If you're not sure whether or not uh, you can retire on time, come and see us, right? Anyone in that age category, we can help. And we'll spend some time to educate you and to help you understand where you sit. So then you can make informed and good decisions about where you want to go. And it's about creating options for yourself. The sooner you can get in and create a plan, the better off you're going to be, the more opportunities you'll have to take advantage of what's going on in our economy. Good and bad, there's always opportunities to improve upon what you've spent the time building your entire life. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.